This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This week, the Clarets compete in the third round of the FA Cup and meet the mighty Manchester United at Turf Moor. This is the Known and Ever podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley. And joining me this week are two regular panellists who you know and love very well, Rich Steele and Robbie Kopak. Rich, Robbie, welcome, welcome. How do you do? Good evening, all. Good evening. Good evening. Robbie, you, you grace us with your presence. We're honoured. It's been a while. It has been a while, hasn't it? I just... Yeah. I, I felt quite optimistic. I, even though we got beat last night, I was actually quite... Uh, I was bursting with pride after with how we played, so I thought, "Yeah, go on, I'll go cheer Nestle up." She's she sounds strong. <laughs> go and cheer, but you missed our round the table chat last week about the, the oh, table. I really joined it as well, but I had to finish. I had to finish off something for work. Yeah, oh. like, really, I, I nearly like joined a link randomly as well. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. It was. It was a little bit actually. I don't think it was chaotic, as chaotic as we thought it was going to be. Was it really, bitch? I think it was quite. It was quite slick in the end. Well, after my nightmare, after <laughs> 10 minutes, yeah, got there in the end. I think this is the first podcast I've done in weeks where I've actually logged on to um, our system and, and my microphone's working properly, so fingers crossed it'll last. <laughs> I know, you've just jinxed us now. We're obviously going to have some technical issue. Um, well, we've got a couple of games to talk about this week. Listeners, we've got obviously the FA Cup tight the weekend, Burnley progressing through the third round into the fourth round draw by just about beating MK Dons um, at Turf, albeit we needed to go to extra time on penalties, which was a little bit more stressful than any of us needed. Um, and then, of course, the Clarets fell to a 1-0 defeat against Manchester United at Turf Moor last night, which was disappointing. And, Rich, I'm still talking a little bit about that, I think. Yeah, it was obviously... Um, you're always disappointed when you lose and the full time, especially when, when you know, the lads give everything. You know, you was gutted. But on, on reflection of it, you know, really proud of the performance. I thought on another day, you know, we we could have come out with a nil-nil draw. I know we'll analyse it in a little bit more detail. The only gripe I've got, I think we probably sat back a little bit too much um, in the second half when when in the first half we was on the front foot more. Uh, more. But like you said, United's in great form. And if you look at their 
away record. It's really outstanding this year. Yeah, so yeah, it was a good performance. And, you know, it's nice to see us maintaining those performance levels. And you know, I think uh, we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think I was really pleased at half time. I thought the lads gave a really good performance that first half. I thought they made it difficult for United. I don't think it was one for the purists, was it? It wasn't fast flowing, entertaining, and technically excellent football. But actually, I think that was from both sides as well. I think both sides had a, a difficult. Uh, flow to the game against the first half. I think in the second half, United just turned the screw a little bit, didn't they? And just upped the ante and uh, unfortunately we struggled to to find our feet. Um, but let's rewind a little bit first, Robbie, and let's have a look at the uh, weekend's game first because it was the third round of the FA Cup. And I've got to say, just with giant... I don't know if it was the pandemic, the lack of football, whether it was maybe a little bit of Premier League fatigue or what it was... But that weekend, to me, was one of the most enjoyable third-round FA Cup weekends I think I've had in a long time. Well, this is exactly why I'm on, because I didn't watch any football this weekend. So I hope you can tell me all about it. Excellent. (laughs) Listeners, Robbie Kopak never fails when he comes on the podcast. You're all set up for an I don't watch the FA Cup. I think I'm the only person in probably the UK who hates the FA Cup. I can't stand it. I literally cannot stand it. Yeah. Okay, this is an interesting point. Why? What is it about the FA Cup that you don't like? Well, our, our I, I think what killed it for me is when we got beat by Lincoln. Um, no, yeah, but that's one season, man. <laughs> yeah, and also I just don't like uh, the BBC's coverage and what else annoys me about it? How everything's very like patronising. So it's sort of like, oh, this player he 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 works at the co-op. This is amazing, blah blah, yeah. blah 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 blah, and it's like I don't, we got I don't a lot care. of that this weekend. It's, it's yeah. like, I, I couldn't like that's I I stayed away from the uh, Marine Spurs game for like because I knew it was going to be full of that. Yeah, I think uh, Dion Dublin was particularly uh, condescending. I think in some of their, yeah. their coverage. Um, so uh, there you are. You are the, the Chris Kamara of the Non and Ever podcast. I, 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 everyone it's a penalty. Is it Jeff? Cup. That's better. <laughs> Great. So how was the FA Cup, Robbie? Don't know. Don't know, Jeff. Didn't watch it, Jeff. Uh, Rich, let's just meet Robbie and get him off the system. Um, so obviously uh, you did watch the FA Cup, because I know you did, because we were texting about it at the same time. Um, do we, are we were surprised at all that it ended up going the way it did? I don't think I was surprised. I've just, I've just got to say, though, Robbie... I think you make some unbelievable points on this podcast, but that is the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard from anyone. <laughs> How can you say you hate the FA Cup? It's absolutely brilliant. I love it where you've got some plumber from Liverpool playing against Bale. I get what you mean. It's a little bit patronising, but no, sorry, sorry, Rob. I can't agree with you there, pal. Um, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Camp Steel 100%. Yeah. I love the FA Cup. That, that's one of them when you see on Twitter people put unpopular opinions and uh, yeah. Robbie would just put hate the FA Cup and everyone would just call them invisible so and so I just think it's I think it's you know yeah I, I watch loads of games I think it's brilliant um, for the reason like obviously I mentioned in our WhatsApp group I kind of work with Charlie um, quite a lot on the kind of education programme and seeing what the FA Cup's done for the club and has raised the profile for the club and the financial side of it has been absolutely unbelievable and, and, and the same for clubs like Marine obviously um Crawley, you know, some of some of those it gives like you know, Crawley had a couple of young lads up front who scored against Leeds and it puts them in the shot window. Um and, and I think it's a you know, I think it's exciting watching the draw come in because you're seeing the fourth round draw against Fulham and you're like, Oh, that's not great, it's a bit boring. 
then you see it and go, oh, well, but in the fifth round, now we could play Bournemouth or... I think it was Bournemouth or Crawley, so... It was yeah, Crawley, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it over the weekend. Um, I, I enjoyed... What I will agree with Robbie is I enjoyed the first half an hour of Burnley's game and then the rest of it after Cameron Jerome scored was an absolute drag, wasn't it? It was a great cup yeah, tie. It was. It, it was a great cup tie. You know, it, it was kind of, you know, again, the underdog, kind of what we do quite a lot of the time, kind of defending for their lives, scrapping for everything. And then the bigger club getting a decision going for them, you know, which, which, see, which we seem to do with the f- uh, free kick. And obviously the manager got sent off because he was complaining that it went over the allocated time, which had every reason to. But yeah, we're in the hat. Um, you know, and I think it's, you know, and, and it was great to see Leeds get battered too. That, that, was, that was a personal highlight of my weekend. <laughs> a personal highlight of most of our weekends. Um, well, Robbie, one thing I will bring you back in on this, because this is kind of a wider point, not necessarily linked to the FA Cup. Um, it took a very, very, very late equaliser by our man Matty Vidrick right at the end um, to rescue us and take us to extra time before we obviously won on penalties. Um, one of the, the, well, I guess Dash himself has put this front and centre of the media is our goal-scoring problem at the moment. He said in the press, obviously, he's, he's telling his defenders that he's putting pressure on them to defend, so he now has to put pressure on the strikers. Um, we've got a striker problem. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a strange one. I think uh, we talk about Vidra quite a lot. He's, he's never really been given like a fair chance. I thought he did pretty well during the uh, project restart, and he seemed to start a couple of games with uh, Jayrod up, up top, and he seemed to have like a nice little um, like partnership going. Um, but we're not really seeing it this season. Um, Deitch has gone for more of the the Barnes and Wood. Uh, partnership and it hasn't really it, it used to be effective especially certainly a couple of years ago it was very effective for us but this season apart from maybe uh, if it was the Wolves game where they both scored we haven't really seen them to really get going yet Barnes has come back from injury Wood looks like he's just devoid of any confidence whatsoever so he's sort of like well Jay's coming back from injury it's sort of like Vidra's there fit raring to go you know he made, makes an impasse against MK Dons Come on last night, did really well. Obviously, he missed a couple of chances, but he look, he looks fit and fresh. And it's like, maybe could we throw it in against West Ham to see what happens? Yeah. Rich, how are you feeling about Vidrix? I'm going to come back onto Barnes and, and Wood back in a minute. But obviously, a lot of the talk at the moment is, is some real pressure um, for Daesh to start Matty Vidra. But I think the debate that I've seen circulating around social media, and I was copied into so many threads last night that I lost track of what was who was saying what. But it seems to be this argument that, well, number one, Matty Vidra gets unfairly treated because he comes on, maybe misses one chance and then gets dropped, and that's the justification for not playing him. Whereas Barnes and Wood can go weeks and weeks missing several chances and not get dropped. But then is that the reason for that? Is that Matty Vidra is not getting any game time? So it can't be expected to be completely in that shot. I mean, where do you sit with this whole Matty Vidra quandary? I'm going to try and give a well-balanced argument to it without bringing Wood and Barnes in, um, into it, which I suppose is quite difficult. I think, first well, of all... No, I think, first of all, you know, Matty Vidra's... We're, we're, we're kind of going on about like he's like Neymar. No, no, may, may, maybe I'm exaggerating for the podcast, but it's all of a sudden like if Vidra goes come, comes in, he's he's going to score, you know, a hat trick every game, and he's going to score our goal solving problems, which is not. Um, but I think he deserves more game time than what he's getting at the moment. Again, last night for me, 
you know, we was getting deeper and deeper. He should have come on the pitch a bit earlier, you know, because, you know, he's not rapid, but he's got pace where he, where he can stretch defences. And what I would say is, I think this season, obviously, you analyse our strikers and and, he, and, he's, and he's actually, for the minutes he's played, has got a goal, has got a decent goal scoring record, albeit those being in cup competitions. So there's a big difference between playing MK Dons and Man United. Um, but at the same time, move. I would personally like like to see him start on Saturday, just for the fact of I don't think Jay's fully fit. For me, in my opinion, I I think overall Jay Jay's when 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 fully fit is our best striker, and I think he proved that when he had a run of games at the end of last season. Again, that's just my opinion. But I think Vidra probably does did deserve a start on Saturday, even if it's just two or three games. Let him have a running game, see what he can do. And if he doesn't do it, then go back to your tried and tested method. At the end of the day, Wooden Barnes at the moment, they're not scoring goals. And, we, you know, I know we'll analyse that a, a little bit more later. So my feeling is, what 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 has he actually got to lose with starting? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of my balanced opinion is that he's not the messiah. He's not going to come in and we're not all of a sudden going to score five, six goals a game. And I know people don't think now, I'm just trying to make a a point um, but at the same time I definitely think he deserves more minutes than what he's getting at the moment yeah I, I definitely agree with all of that um, Robbie obviously we don't know what Dash is going to do but it, and, and the, I guess the argument here is is whether or not you just let Wood play through it and just keep going because at some point he's going to score and he's going to get that form back and everything will be fine um, but I think you were particularly annoyed last night with a lot of the criticism that was heading Wooden Barnes way. Yeah certainly towards Chris Wood as well I, I must say I thought Ashley Barnes played alright last night I thought he did what he, what you expect him to do against one of the top sides is to you know to frustrate the opposition to win cheap free kicks and keep falling to ground and trying to like rattle one of the uh, like defenders like he was pretty much like hanging on to Matic all all evening you were ex- expecting that to explode but the, the the criticism like Chris would have got like I've uh, admittedly he is out of form and he doesn't look quite look like the striker we've we've scored like double figures in the Premier League for the last like two three seasons but I think what I've, I've mentioned it before it's like in the last 18 months the Dwight McNeil and Chris Wood's supply line has been so influential for us that we haven't really seen the best of Dwight McNeil either. So that, that impacts Chris Wood. Um, set pieces from Ashley Westwood are sometimes are really good, and but half the time they don't even beat the first man. and that Or it goes straight to the goalkeeper. I know that Richard complains about that quite a lot. And he always lets us know when it happens, literally dead on the minute. <laughs> and uh, so that impacts Chris Wood as well. And then just just generally the overall service, like I don't think we're putting enough balls into the box to even like supplying with, and ultimately that affects confidence. And he scored three Premier League goals. It's not it's not the worst record in the world. You would expect him to maybe have five or six, but you know if he if he scores a, if he scores a brace on Saturday, you know that all his poor form is kind of forgotten about, and you know it's a decent re- return. Yeah, I think I think the whole supply line is a really important part, Rich. I think people put so much pressure on strikers, but what are they supposed to do if they're just not getting any supply line whatsoever? And of course, it's not just Dwight McNeil, but Charlie Taylor as well is out of the side at the moment as well, so that's missing. And I just think it's it feels very naive, even 
even at Dyche, I guess, to, to be critical of strikers to say, well, you need to be more clinical because Dyche thinks that we are creating a lot of chances. Now, I'm not entirely convinced that we are creating that many. I, 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 did, missing? I did read a stat. Chris Woods missed more chances this uh more kind of what class does big chances this season than he did in the whole of last season. So, oh, really? Which I thought, listen, what I would say is, it's not like we get chance after chance after chance in a game. So, obviously, when our strikers do miss a really good chance, I think it does exaggerate it, you know, granted. Do you know what? For me, you know, Natalie and Rob, it's not just his goal scoring. For me, that, that that's kind of... Is, is the massive issue. I just think his all-round game at, at, at the moment is poor. You know, it's kind of... I was going to bring that. I was about to bring that you know, up. It's um, not, uh, he doesn't seem to be running channels as much. It's, again, I, I don't want to come across too much, but it looks like he's got like cement in his boots at the moment because he, he's like running and the ball's pinging off him. And I know Robbie, like, I don't want to come across like him being too, too, too harsh, but I actually feel for him at the moment because he just needs a bit of a break. Wood, 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 Wood is a good player. And you look at his. I've just looked at his goal scoring record there for us, and for a team that doesn't score that many goals, his goal scoring record is is excellent. So I just think he needs two or three games, sit sit on the bench, away from the spotlight. You know, may, maybe work on a few things in in training, and and then come back again. I think kind of obviously Dice knows better, and at the weekend he'll go and score two because he normally scores against West Ham, but. I, I don't know. I think it's a difficult one. Like I think Dice kind of wants to play him back into form. Where again, this is what I was saying, and this is why I'm sat in my bedroom doing a podcast rather than managing Bet Burnley. Is <laughs> I would take him out of the team for you know just a two or three games. But uh, who do you play then, Rich? Me, who, I, who I, I play Barnes, and me personally, if Rodriguez is fully fit, which he doesn't seem to play, seem to be, Rodriguez would be my personally my first striker. That yes, I, I, I just he, obviously this season there seems to be fitness issues, but when he's when he's playing well, he's a goal threat. I think he drops into that number tell uh, into that number ten role really well, and he links the attack in the midfield, and he can also run the channels. I think his game's more varied than any other striker we've got. But I think if he's not fully fit Saturday, I, I go Barnes and Vidra. I think Barnes did okay, especially the first half. He kind of was really aggressive. He won fouls. He kind of you know, one 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 flick ons. There was a flick on he won to Wood, which kind of you know a couple of things where Wood had like deflected shots. So yeah, I, I personally would go for speaking the team now. I'd go Barnes and Vidra, but if it's such a difficult one, this isn't it? I, I think we're all torn on it. So like Robbie, yeah, who yeah. who would you go for on Saturday? Sorry, I've, I've stolen your job, Natalie. No, no, please mm. feel free. Yeah. <laughs> uh... It is a tough one. I agree with you. I think Jay's our best striker. Um, he's like just sort of echoing what you say. He certainly gives us the most in terms of being able to link the play up, being able to run channels. You know, could play out wide, so we could probably, if we were really under the cost, you could probably drop it into like a, a five man midfield with Jay out wide. Um, so he does give us a bit of variety. I, I personally, I think I'd go Jay and Chris Wood. I think there are that 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 partnerships work. For us before, they were both really, really good at Old Trafford last season. Yeah, um, that's my favorite. That's my favorite partnership. Yeah, I, I just, sure. I don't think you can get a lot out of it because Jay, like, he's really good in the air as well. I don't think yeah. he gets the credit he deserves for that. He's actually a big lad and he can jump and he's got, he's got a little turn of pace and he's technically gifted. He can shoot from distance. 
So I think Jay and Wood, you get a decent uh, partnership out of. So you you persist with Wood then, but bring Jay on instead of Barnes. Yeah, How do you I drop Barnes yeah. at the moment, though? Barnes has yeah, been terrific. For me, if Jay's fully fit and Dice is happy, he plays. And then I think it's kind of... I wouldn't play... Barnes and Jay don't really go together, do they? I don't They've not really played that much, have they? So... I, it's such an hard one. I'll tell you this, though. I'd be amazed if, if we don't have Wooden Barnes starting on Saturday. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I think away from home, I think... I, I, I was going to bring this up, but I'll mention it now as well. Uh, a lot of people were talking about why we didn't make a sub earlier last night at 0-0. But I think that Dykes likes to leave Wooden Barnes on because they are effective in both boxes. Yeah. So when it comes yeah. to defending set pieces and stuff like that. So when it was nil-nil against Man United, it didn't want to take one of the big strikers off just in case it's nil-nil in the 90th yeah, minute and having to defend that. the corner. So you yeah, don't really want a bidder in that situation. Yeah. As, as And you think about that going to West Ham, you know, big direct side, Antonio, um, I, I think they're selling Haller, but another like big lad. It's sort of like you're going to want Wooden Barnes in there defending both boxes. Yeah. I think as well, just to add what you say, maybe away from the kind of the glamorous side of the game, that, uh, you know, Wooden Barnes do absolutely work the socks off. I think that's yeah. a big reason where Dice doesn't pay picture. He doesn't do that work. And you, you see, I actually thought we was going to draw nil-nil. That, that, that goal came as a bit of a shock to me because, you know, we, we looked quite comfortable in, even though we wasn't much of an attacking threat, we did look quite comfortable in, in, in our shape. And Wooden and um, Barnes do a really good job defending in, in, in that shape. My dad did make me last, uh, laugh last night. I was saying, you know what? You know, my dad, I think, a bit more old school. He's got bloody Woodies, this, that, and the other. And I go, you know, but, you know, give him his due. He, he is working his nuts off. And my dad goes, for 40 grand a week, I'd, I'd work my nuts off too. <laughs> Which is a, That's such a bit of typical dad comment. But, you know, I kind of. I think what Robbie said there is just obviously the main job of the striker is put the ball in the net. But one, you know, we want to try and be balanced on the podcast and defending Barnes and Wood. They do an excellent job, at, you know, at, in that defending side of it, and you know, and they press really hard and, and well. So yeah, it's a really tough one. Uh, it really is, and I, I guess is there any scope that Dyche brings a striker in in January? We're going to be buying players. Not unless we sold one. Really? But yeah, unless you know, Vidra was to move going, on. Don't we? Yeah. yeah unless we don't Vidra need to, to sell on, now, though. I find we it don't unlikely. need to sell. Is that, we, we, I think if we've got four strikers, so it's not really like a, something that we're desperate for. And the thing is, Chris Wood has got history of scoring double uh, double figures, and the goals will come back for him, only because it's only like a temporary run of form, and he'll score goals again. It, like I, I think come by the end of the season, I bet he's in double figures again. Yeah. I think personally, I've I've seen Vidra signed like a contract at extension till twenty twenty two because the club triggered it. I think they'll probably look to offload Vidra in the summer and then look to get you know like a younger striker in with a little bit of pace. You know, like in the mould of like a grey type, just just to give us something a little bit different. I know we've been yeah, linked with, I think we've been linked with Tyrese Campbell uh, from Stoke. I've not seen much of, but I know his name's been linked. I think not this January because I think other positions are more of a priority, but. Me personally, in the summer, I would like to see like a bit of a, you know, some someone like uh, Mumbongo, Mum, that that type pace power, come into the team. Maybe maybe it sees him to kind of you know 
made the step up in the you know maybe next season more for the Premier League, but he he's he's certainly got something. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the only other thing, I mean, obviously we we ended up having to go to extra time and penalties, which was probably unwanted, but we got there in the end, and I was absolutely delighted. Um. The, the draws, the benefit of having the fourth and fifth round drawn, this rounds drawn at the same time on Monday, um, is is that we we've actually got two. Well, number one, we avoided City, which was a miracle, and secondly, we we actually look like we've got a really decent route through to a quarter final here, guys. Who's going? Me or me or Robbie? Yeah, this, this pause <laughs> makes me nervous. I'm just like, there was a pause, and I was like, oh no, what's coming? Because I think you're going to get different responses from whoever you ask. Uh, so. Okay, <laughs> let's let's get Robbie out of the way first. Come on, Robbie. Was nothing about this. Are you not even the slightest bit excited about Wembley? Oh yeah, I, mean, I care about how we do. It's just literally the games on TV. I don't really care about. Does it, I mean I'll, I'll I'll like the FA Cup again once all the little minnow teams are out of it and then we could take it seriously again when the oh when my the, god that's, <laughs> that's that is the absolute you opposite know, when, when it's Chelsea versus Man United in the quarterfinal or something like it's Liverpool no. Man United isn't it fourth round it's sort of like I I would love to see Manchester City and Crawley Town in the final at Wembley. That would be the Rich. Yeah. Come on, back me up. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? Oh, uh, Robbie, you are the biggest wine-dog merchant ever. I absolutely <laughs> like. It'd be fun for like five minutes until it was like three nil, and then the game's over and the tie's dead, and it's like, and then you'll get the BBC commentators going, "Oh, Crawley, what an amazing job they've done! What an amazing they've really made a good account of themselves, mate." The six nil down after twenty minutes. It'll be like in the FA Cup on. <laughs> Can you imagine that I have all the, all the tower cameras there as well? No, no. Um, I just, it's just obviously, yeah. It's when when we see Fulham away, I thought oh, we're definitely going to lose that. Daichi going to play a bit of a weakened team. They've they've probably got, even though we've got a, a better, I think, starting eleven than them. I think they've got probably got more depth. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. But I, but maybe just seeing that fifth round draw, I think the players will be more motivated for it. I think that's yeah. something maybe the um, whoever's organising the FA Cup can look to repeat next 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 year because it gives you that extra in- incentive. But we were saying on our group chat, uh, which was quite funny, it'd been the most bittersweet thing ever for Burnley to get to Wembley, and then we all oh. can't go. Yeah, typical. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Don't. Like even if it's a semi final, just to get to Wembley and then. You know, you're you're all sat at home on your own watching it. That's, there you go. You've just reminded me of another reason why I hate the FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley. It's yeah, stupid. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like, like that. Imagine having to pay for two trips to Wembley. Yeah, it's like, expensive as well. I used to like stupid. it back in the day when they used to have. Like, they always used to have Villa Park, and yeah, they used yeah. to have them, didn't they? Like the southern ones that, that were always really good. But yeah, a neutral ground. But yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be beyond devastated. But, just our look. My my mate tweeted me saying, oh, I said, oh, you know, really, you know, it's a promising draw that got a good chance to, you know, to get through to the quarters. And he went, yeah, but then you'll just get drawn City and get battered 5 0. I was like, that's true. Cheers. Nice one. <laughs> Our only chance of getting to Wembley is, is if we're in opposite sides of the draw and we end up meeting City at, <laughs> at Wembley. Yeah. So we'll get out of there in Wembley, but we'll also get battered. And we'll all, be, we'll all be walking to Wembley going, what's the record loss for an FA Cup final? Are we going to beat that? <laughs> well, City beat Watford 6 0, was it? 
Was it 2019? Oh, yeah, it was. Yes, yeah. No, City beat Watford 6 0. City, yeah, City. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Watford definitely did not beat City yeah. 6 0. No. That's the <laughs> yeah, thing that on that actually... pitch at Wembley, too. You could get absolutely hammered, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? I, I think so, it was a real shame that season for Watford, actually, because if you remember, I, I had a lot of credit for Watford that season because I think they were absolutely bang mid-table safe with about six games to go in the Premier League um, and they just literally abandoned the league and prioritised the Cups they played all of their really strong players rested players for the Cup games and it was just such a shame that they just happened to run into that City side at the absolute peak but you know that's, that's what elite football's like um, but yeah I'm excited now and I think the main thing for me is that um, although I've got the Sheffield United loss from was that last season's FA Cup ringing in my ears. I don't know when we're saying, oh, Fulham will definitely not be up for that game because they'll want to progress the league form and, you know, they'll, they'll want to get out and concentrate on the league. And I think Sheffield United did that to us last season. Was it Sheffield United or was that the league cup? One Norwich. of the two. Norwich beat us last year. Yes, it was. Yeah, Norwich, yeah. Great yeah, time they scored as well. The oh, of course. I knew it was I knew it was one of the uh, sides. <laughs> the, the melt. <laughs> my God. Um so, yeah, I'm excited about the FA Cup. I think it's going to be good. Um, moving back then, I guess, to last night's game, um, I think there wasn't an awful lot to talk about in the game. I think we mentioned earlier that uh, I thought by half-time we were given a really decent account of ourselves. Um, and actually, I think not just... The, the goal was pretty spectacular, but it also took a really unlucky deflection as well. Like If you look at Pope's positioning, it was really good positioning for a keeper. I think he actually saves it if it doesn't get deflected. Um, but obviously, there's the main talking point just before half-time. Uh, we had that passage of play where... Um, Luke Shaw brings Good Munson down, and oh Jesus Christ, anybody but Good Munson as well. I was like, if you've broken him, I'm going to literally do my nut in here. So we've got the foul by Luke Shaw on Good Munson, which the referee inexplicably decides isn't even a free kick and just lets the passage of play go. Everyone's remonstrating at the referee and going mad. Robbie Brady decides he's going to go turbo and just completely, I can't remember which United player it was, chops him down, last man standing, clean through on goal. Ben Mee's never getting back. The most obvious red card you've ever seen. And Robbie, we went over to VAR. Did unpick those two decisions. Well, actually, let's let's start with the first one. When VAR was called, we assumed they were reviewing a red card for Robbie Brady. Mm-hmm. But of course, they took it back to the Luke Shaw one. So let's look at Luke Shaw. Was that the right decision? I think so, yeah. I think it's it always looks worse when you slow it down. I think it's one of them where... I think it easily could have been given on another day, but I think... I would have been disappointed if it was the other way around. Let's say if it was Charlie Taylor, Eric Peters on Anthony Martial, I would have been disappointed if it would have been given a red card. Um, okay. So, I, so you, I, you think it was a yellow? Yeah, I think it's a yellow, and it, it's certainly a foul. Um, oh yeah, it's definitely so, a foul for sure. Yeah, but... I mean that's what that's what more what I was shouting. I, like when it was happening live, I was shouting at the telly. Got like, how's he not brought? How's yeah? How's he not given that as a foul? And then. I was absolutely screaming at Robbie Brady when he wrapped him, uh, when he brought, uh, I don't know who he brought down, but it's sort of like, if we get a man sent off after the referee's not giving a foul, I'm going to rage. Yeah. Um, see, the problem that I've got with that, though, Robbie, is that, and again, it, it's not an exact set of circumstances, but it's the inconsistency of the decisions. It's the inconsistency of the messages. It's like we look back to that Leeds game, which we're all still not over yet, and Nick Pope gets a foot on the ball 
before he brings Bamford down. And he still gets a penalty because everybody's saying it was the reckless nature that he came out and that's why a penalty was given. Keepers can't rush out. You can't have a reckless challenge like that. And the penalty was given. So even though Luke Shaw got a fraction of the foot on the ball before he took Gunbunson out, it was a reckless challenge and he brought him down. Rich, it's just it's exactly the same set of circumstances and again, two different results. But what I'd say is both resulted in a foul. So... To get one coming from no, because you're saying like Shaw. So you're trying to like I get where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, like you're 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 saying Pope's was reckless and Shaw's was reckless, but they both true. resulted yeah, in a foul. That is true, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So at least I yeah, get. Yeah, it's not a foul and a red card yeah, on I, the same comparison. It's probably a foul. It's the implication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But there's still a foul though. So, but. I agree, actually, yeah. I, I think with Robbie, I think for the first time on this podcast with uh, everything he said there. <laughs> no, no, I didn't I didn't quite think it was a red card. I think some. I think Robbie made a really good point. I think VAR slows everything down to make it look worse. I think one thing that saved Shaw, even though he did go high, he did pull out a little bit. And I'm a little bit old school. I kind of don't want to see, him, see people no, sent don't. off all the time. Um, but I think, yeah, obviously Brady would have been sent off, but he's kind of a... It doesn't really matter, really, because um, obviously, you know, Shaw's was a foul. What I would say about that VAR process, I actually thought they come to the right decision. It's just the chaos behind it. It's like it takes so long. And and we're talking about, obviously, we're not in stadiums, but imagine if you was in the stadium, you wouldn't have had a clue what was going on about because it said on the, like on the telly, and it was on the big screen too, because a friend of mine was there last night doing like some like journalism work. And, um, he, he was saying it actually said denying uh, goal scoring opportunity or checking that. So everyone fought in the ground that they were still oh, checking wow. the so they weren't, they were checking the short so thing. When, yeah, so I think that's a bit of an issue where it kind of needed to be um, like ironed out a little bit. But one, but one we did get away with in my uh, opinion was that Maguire oh, goal. Oh, very, that's very true. Actually, I've forgotten all about that. I, that was that was harsh. I would if if we'd have got a goal ruled out for that, I'd have been furious, absolutely furious. And I just don't see how I don't see how we can avoid it. We'd never no, score. We would never <laughs> score. Don't score now, anyway. <laughs> Robbie, do you agree with that? What did you think of the the Maguire goal? I've forgotten all about this. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought, I, yeah, I think we all three of us agree it was a, we yeah. we got away with that one. Um, I don't know why the referee blew so hard. It's like the referee, I heard the referee whistled as soon as Maguire headed it, and it's one of those uh, situations again where it's like, why didn't the referee? Well, it's the same as the lead thing again, isn't it? It's like why it, referees need to let it yeah, go. It. Yeah, I think if if the referee lets it go, Maguire scores. And then he checks in on VAR. I think you might. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think United have got the same gripe that we had against that Leeds game. It's like I don't understand with with yeah, all yeah. of this implementation. This is the second season now we've had it in. How do the referees and the linesmen not know the rules? Yeah. It, there was a. I think that's yeah. what frustrates me about VAR. It's not VAR. Yeah, it's... it's the officials. There's too many officials who are incompetent in the Premier League, and the problem is it's that, like you were saying, Natalie. There's still so much inconsistency with yeah. VAR there, and you know that that's what I. The only theory I've got, and it's probably a load of nonsense, is United were whinging that much at the ref in that first half, and I could visibly see in his face he was getting annoyed with it. He kept going over to Maguire, telling Fernandez, Cavani to stop whinging, 
So maybe oh, Cavani. Oh. I can't send Cavani after well, after last night. Well, maybe the ref thought while well, you're the fingers <laughs> up to you, that serves you right for morning. That's my thing. That, that's my only. But yeah, Cavani last night. He's in my list of new hated football, hated footballers. So he's in there. I mean, he's a handful. Yeah, with James Madison. He's a handful and he's a massive class player, but my God, he's a pain in the ass to to play against. Crap last night, wasn't he? Absolutely Uh, crap. I thought he was was better in the second half. I thought he turned it on a bit in the second half, for sure. He missed a chance where if Wood missed it, Wood would have been leached. Just had an earth shot. Nah. Pogba was good though last night, I thought. Made a nuisance to himself, didn't he? I had a... I had a little bit a of a. Player. I've got a very good friend of mine uh, who is a, a United player, and he was. And I sent him a screenshot of the the teams before the game, and I, obviously this very strong United side that he put out. And I just basically said like, "This is unnecessary. Like, there's no need to, to put these players out." And he ended up. I think he ended up saying like, "Oh, you know, we, we put our strong players out." Although um, having whether Pogba's one of our strongest players is debatable. I was just like, "Mate." You can stop your top six whinging. We've got Eric Peters playing at left back. Like, <laughs> like I've got no time at all for your little whinge as to whether or not Paul Pogba is in your your strongest eleven right now. It's like major top six problems. Um, so I think was that, there was um the only other thing I think that happened in the game as well there was the, the talking miss at the end that was quite heart in mouth moment. That would have been quite nice if that had gone in. I think he can do better there. The one right it was about two minutes from the end. Do you remember? Yeah, I I got so excited mm. when it dropped to him. Anybody else? Oh, <laughs> just it, that's the worst. I, 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 sleepless nights. I just when it just dropped to him and it just didn't. He just sort of yeah, just didn't connect with it right. And it, that that last. I mean, talking just like that on the whole game. It's like I never expected us to beat Man United or anything like that. But I'm not disappointed with the result. I always just want us to give it a go and make you know as as long as they've. Man United have had to work for it. Then I'm usually like quite pleased with how we perform. And in that last five minutes, I was like bursting with pride because we literally mm. threw everything at it. And to have two big moments like the Vidra, I, I think this like sort of sums it up. We had two deflected efforts. One in the first half with Chris Wood, a deflection goes up, just goes over the bar. Vidra uh, just approaching stoppage time, deflected just alongside of the post. Bye bye. Man United have one deflected shot and it goes in. And it's like, yeah, it's just when it's against you. Definitely. Well, I mean, obviously we weren't expecting, that was a, a free hit for us. We weren't necessarily expected to get anything out of that game. But it leaves us after 16 games on 16 points, um, which is, you know, about a point a game always makes me feel a little bit more comfortable than than, than less than a point a game. Uh, but we do have up to two games in hand on a lot of the people. And I think significantly one of our games in hands is against Fulham, who are currently in the 18th spot. Um, we absolutely have to beat Fulham. We cannot lose one of our games in hand and we can't give Fulham the advantage of obviously gaining some points. So that, I don't care if anybody can come and argue me all you want, um, that that is a must-win game. Um, Brighton at the moment sitting in 17th place on 14. Uh, if we win one of our games in hand, we're on level points with Newcastle um, and we're only three points behind Wolves. In fact, Wolves have got have played 18 games we've played 16 if we were to win both of our games in hand we end up on the same level of points as Palace and Wolves and only one point behind Leeds all of whom are deemed to have had a very good season so far so we're not out of the woods yet and I'm a little bit concerned that we're a bit still a bit too close to the bottom of the table but Rich things are looking better than they were maybe five games ago 
Easy, isn't it, that? Win, win our two games. In hand. <laughs> well, Easy. one of them's Fulham. I don't know who the other one is. Who's the other one? Well, we've got Liverpool, well, we've got Liverpool away. Well, we'll have one game in hand on Fulham. Yeah, no, we yeah, we, no, we've got no, we won't. Won't. yeah, we've got yeah, we've got two games in hand after tonight. Oh, we've got two games yeah. in hand on Brighton and so. on Sheffield United. We've got one on West That's Brom it. and one on. I'll, I'll tell you this now: if West, if Sheffield United stay up, we we, we will definitely be staying up. <laughs> yeah, trust because. Me. You know, we we were like, I think we're, I can't remember. I said something like that in the group chat last night. We're like, what, so we're on sixteen. They're on five, five. So you know, nine, 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 nine points ahead of them with two games. Sorry, my maths is bad. Eleven, 11 points yeah. ahead of them with. Yeah, you can tell them a PE teacher, yeah. not a proper teacher. So, uh, well, we're all. So like- I, I actually think we'll be all right. I think the way we've been, it just shows, doesn't it? You know, we've got a fully fit squad back. And I think, you know, you're looking at our bench last night. It's looking a lot better. I think Taylor and McNeil's going to come into the team, which is huge for us on, on Saturday. Absolutely. You know, you can't, especially Taylor. He, he's been superb this season. But having those two back will be a massive boost. I think you're even seeing in Matt Neal's cameo last night. You know, just he's, he's just got that extra quality that none of our players have. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident, you know, fully fit, you know, get our... You know, squad back, back, back properly together. Hopefully, get a new two or three new additions in January. You know, I think we'll come about fifth. I, I, I think we'll come fifteenth. That's my prediction on the thirteenth of January. I'd be happy I think we'll with come that. 15th. Be, I think sixteenth, but I think fifteenth would be amazing. Um, I think I think you're right, Rich. I mean, I'm not too concerned. I'm not I'm not looking at Sheffield United because I just think they've gone. Um, but you know, you've got to look at at eighteenth at, at the moment, and and you know, Fulham are only on eleven points, and they're going to get beat by. Spurs, um. So you know, if if we beat them as well, we will be six, five, eight points clear of them, and they're currently occupying that third from bottom spot. And that just means that you know we've got to lose three games, and they've got to win. You know, there's, there's a three game swing there, and that's very difficult to do at the bottom of the table. So it just gives you that breathing space. So, um, West Ham's not going to be an easy game at the weekend, but um, Robbie, it's a kind of a game that I feel like we could get something from. Yeah, I think uh, I always think about West Ham in terms of the um, the project restart. I thought we were one of our best performances last season at their place, as a J-Rod winner. Um, yeah, I think West Ham are a little bit hit and miss. They've had a really good season, but they've never really convinced me at home and they've never really settled into like the Olympic Stadium and stuff. And it's like, well, I, I think it's certainly one we can sort of look at and maybe I hope that we can actually get something from. Um, I do like a few of the players. Like I think uh, Antonio's a decent player. Um, I, I can't think of the... the Soshek so in midfield, he's scored a few goals, he's pretty good. So they, they have got players who can who are dangerous, but I, I think I've backed yeah. us to get a point there. I think we kind of have to, because looking at the, the fixtures coming up, we've got some pretty horrible fixtures in February we could do with uh, getting some points from. So I think certainly some of these games we could do with getting some bonus uh, bonus points in the net. I think West Ham's one as well where we can really look to step up and just just re-remember re- that we have been in the Premier League for five consecutive seasons now. You know, We're not a newly promoted side. We're not 
you know, relegation fodder. We can really step up and compete against the likes of West Ham. And I think that's the attitude I want to see. And that's the, the swagger rich that I want to see back in those players. I want them to come out and go, actually, hell yeah, I'm a Premier League player and I've been here for five years and I deserve to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident for Saturday. I know West Ham's had a decent season. Um, I'm not sure with the form of late, but I've got a, I I don't think they're quite playing as well as they were. Um, I know they've they've dropped down the league a little bit. Yeah, I've just looked at the last. They've not won in four games. They've and they've drew three and lost one of the last four. So maybe they're not quite firing in all cylinders. Um, I actually fancy us to keep a clean sheet against West Ham on Saturday. It's just whether we can go. Up, up the other end and and score. That's obviously always our big uh, dilemma. Again, I, I would like to see whichever way we go, just the, the strike force kind of mixed up a little bit, uh, just to freshen it up. But again, I think it'll be a massive boost um, to see McNeil and Taylor back in the starting eleven, especially Taylor. You, you know, the seem you've seen the game he had against Wolves, where he's absolutely outstanding. He's the only real player for us who can get to the bar line. Um, you know, in and and obviously as Robbie was was saying, uh, you know, you need that service coming into the strikers too. Um, it's going to be interesting who he starts on the other wing. Me personally, I I'd still go with Brady on the right. I think he's been really good this season. I think he, you know, I really like Goodman, so I think he's a top top player. But uh, I'd still go with Brady on the other wing. And all of a sudden, with Taylor and McNeil back in there, our team's looking, you know, yeah. really strong going into the game at the weekend. Definitely. Um, yeah, okay, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I can't think of any other topics or points on the pitch that I want to wrap up. Um, a couple of, of housekeeping matters. The uh, Liam and George, from who obviously our representatives um, in the Clarets Trust, are asked me to remind you guys that there is a Clarets Trust newsletter um, on its way out this week, so please keep an eye out in your inboxes for those. If any of you don't subscribe or not members of the Clarets Trust, um, then head across to their website and or drop us an email and we'll be able to get Liam to send you details if you're interested in becoming a member. I know George, our panellists, and I know another team has uh, written a couple of articles in there as well, particularly with the issue at the moment with fans not being in stadiums and that disengagement with football at the moment and also the takeover as well. So keep an eye out for those. Um we have obviously got West Ham at the weekend, so I'll be interested. Dave and I will be back on, on, on Friday to do a bit of preview show action and, and see what we can uh, pull out of Dave's magic hat for you in terms of entertaining stats for that for that one. Um, other than that, I think that's everything. Um, I don't think we've got anything else to cover. Rich, Robbie, was there anything else you wanted to bring up before we leave our listeners? No, no, all good with me. No. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I might say, our listeners, your homework this week, please. Can you all literally, like, completely troll Robbie on Twitter and send him loads and loads of uh, suggestions as to why you should love the FA Cup? Just bombard him with ridiculous comments that make him change his mind. The Carabao Cup is better. <sighs> Get in the bin. Listeners, punish him for that <laughs> comment, please. Absolutely just at him, everybody. Everybody just pile on and send him loads of tweets. That would be a very amusing. So, yeah, that's your that's your task this week, listeners. Persuade Robbie Coppack that the FA Cup, the magic is still there. Um, 
so yeah as I said preview show will be back on Wednesday looking ahead to that fixture at the weekend with West Ham um, and we will be back next week with the analysis and hopefully discussing three points and maybe some action in the um, transfer market it's getting towards the middle of January and there's been no news yet from our American owners in terms of getting bodies in so we will probably look at that next week and see if there's been any news on what's happening um, and just basically give us a mid-month um, analysis I think of where our owners have, have got to in their first couple of weeks in charge my thanks as ever go to producer Matt for knitting this all together and getting it out there for you to band Joyce for providing us our music for this episode to my team members Rich and Robbie for giving up their time tonight and giving that fantastic analysis about those two games uh, but my final thanks go to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this podcast your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um, I've been Natalie Bromley this has been the Known and Never podcast until next time The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.